It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, August 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wonders how you take players like Couturier and Atkinson, who haven't played in a while, and get them back on the ice in the right way. It's a process. Yeah, we'll talk about that, plus the results of uh, your votes on the best moves by the new Flyers administration. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app, formerly known as Twitter, at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We, as a show, are also on Instagram and Threads and Blue Sky at Locked On Flyers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. You can follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we've been talking kind of behind the scenes about our uh, thoughts on the return of Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. And, And the question just has come up, well, how do you get these guys back integrated into the team? And back going when both of them have been off the ice for a significant amount of time. And uh, it's a pretty delicate process, right? Yeah. And I, I fall on the side of letting them stay no contact in camp so they can get through the full camp. And to me, that's a valuable thing. So they could, you know, uh, work with the other players all the players can kind of get to know them because they didn't really get to play with them, a lot of them. And so I feel Very like, true. Yeah, I th- I feel like that part is super important. So that's that's the first thing on my mind is to do that. Um and, and that's the first step for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, you have to just set expectations going into camp and going into the preseason along those lines. And we had talked about like where what the potential lines could look like for this team overall. Um, you know, a couple of times over the summer. And one of the issues that came up in those discussions were, you know, where do you slot in Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson? And I think we had come up with sort of like in a preseason slash to start off with mode where maybe Coots would be on the second line um, and Atkinson would be on the third line. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like later down the road, you put them in their ideal spots on, you know, Coots centering the top line and Atkinson as a second line right wing, but like to get them there, that's going to take a while. Right. And so your point about keeping them non-contact, it is a really good one. And and it kind of begs the question then, you know, what do you need them to show us to prove that they're ready and can maybe start taking contact at a certain point? Well, that's what the preseason's for. So for preseason, they're going to have to play home games. I'm probably not going to put them on the road, but they're going to have to play parts of home games so I could see that. There's no other way to do it. Like the hockey players, at some point you got to test it. So I'm going to test it out at home when there's control over the uh, changes and, you know, they'll play separately and they'll play, you know, maybe half a game. And I got to 
do that for a few games to kind of see where they're at. So then how do you balance like their safety versus getting to know what they're capable of? And I'm talking like just in, in camp, like in practices, because that is a controlled environment, much like, you know, you're talking about with the preseason games. Well, it's more controlled than preseason. That's why I can put non-contact and everybody knows stay away, but let them interact and, and, you know, play their game as closely as they can. But, you know, get the wing, get the drills down, all that stuff. They can get through that. I have little doubt of that. I think even Couturier can get through that, no problem. But, I, you know, again, there is no way to simulate uh, games. And you can't put a guy – You can't. it's not like the NFL. You can't have him play like no preseason and then all of a sudden slot him in games and expect them to be okay because they won't be okay. Uh, there'll be timing issues. There'll be uh, wind issues. There'll be all of those things. So I got to put him in, and like, like you said, I'll, I'll put Couturier on the second line. There's no reason to put him on the first, and I'll put Atkinson on the third line, and, yeah, I'm going to give them, you know, like a half a game each. And this way I can kind of, you know, a certain amount of time, uh, at least in the first two periods. If I sit him for the third period, that's fine. But I have to see, and I have to see him against some of the other teams that have some NHLers out there. They don't have to have them all, but – you know, that's the only way you're going to know. Yeah, I think, you know, looking at each of them individually, you kind of look at, at what their bread and butter is out there and how well are they executing on that sort of thing versus maybe the things they're weaker on. And you can kind of get a sense of, of where they are. So with Sean Couturier, I'm thinking you got to like make sure he's getting his timing back on faceoffs. Right. That's going to be extremely important. So I would assume you're just going to do a lot of practice of face-offs mm -hmm. um, as part of training camp. Um, and I think that, you know, as a, you know, a two-way center, you want to look at the drills where there's a lot of back-checking involved mm -hmm. and see see what he looks like doing those things. And I think that'll give your first indication where he's at. Yeah, I mean, points might be slow for both of them. And, and, and points are not everything. Uh, keeping their health and those other parts of the game are really important. So I could... Um, Going along with what you say, I think points will come around last, uh, especially for Couturier, mm -hmm. he's been out the longest. You know, Atkinson may be able to get up to his point total quicker uh, simply because he'd been out less and at least got to work out a little more than Couturier last year. Not a lot more, but a little more. Yeah, I think with Cam Atkinson, what I'm looking for, especially at practice, is what does his speed look like? Because... He's the guy that's known for, you know, going up the wing super fast and, and then taking a shot. So first thing I'm looking at is where is he with, with speed relative to some of the other guys? I'm very curious to see what his speed looks like up against like an Owen Tippett mm -hmm. at this point, because it's kind of like the old older vet versus the younger guy that's kind of yeah. known for something similar. And so I, I want to see like how they look up against each other in practices. And then you want to kind of look at shot accuracy. And mm -hmm. I know in, in camp and practice, like accuracy isn't like top of mind when you're doing some of these drills because they're for other purposes. So I do understand that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they got Cam Atkinson because he takes a lot of shots. And so you want to see what his shot is looking like. You know, does he have the angles right? Does he have the timing right? Um, and can he 
you know, partner that with the speed? Can he get up the ice and take a shot with accuracy? Because that's what the Flyers are going to need from him. Yeah, those are all good questions. And you don't know until you put him in there and, you know, they'll simulate some of that stuff in practice and he'll look better in practice than probably his first preseason game or two. But but that's fine. That's the only way you're, you get the muscle memory to do it. Uh, I can't predict how he's going to do. Like I just, for either one of them, I can't predict like how, what they're actually going to do. I'm not going to even predict points. So don't ask me. Yeah. I think the other thing we're going to look at in practice at training camp are those bag skates, because I think that, you know, obviously having had the time off the ice, especially with Couturier, I think where he ended up at the end of last season, he was kind of ready to go. So I feel like with those bag skates, he's actually going to look pretty good because he's had all summer to get into that kind of physical shape and get his cardiovascular into shape. And so I expect him to look better than Cam Atkinson just because of the nature of Atkinson's surgery. And he's going to have to be a little bit more careful physically, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm very interested to see how each of them handle those bag skates. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, it's hard, though, because Katoria had a non-contact injury. So I don't know how f- flat out he's actually gone and working out and such, we, we don't know. Um, Atkinson, I feel like because his was more of a predictable injury as far as how they fixed it, probably has been able to train harder. And I guess he probably, my guess is he probably has trained harder than Couturier and for a longer period of time because they know how to deal with that. You don't know what's going on with Couturier's back. That That's a tricky situation. And so, there's no, there's no roadmap for that. Well, there is a roadmap for at least Atkinson and a whole bunch of players that have had that procedure. Yeah, I think you're right in terms of technique. I think I'm just thinking about endurance. And so I expect Couture to be have a slight edge on Atkinson in terms yeah, of I endurance. I still don't. I don't. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll see which yeah. one of us will be right on that front. Hopefully they both look great. Yeah, and I mean, that's we don't, And it's a moot point. But yeah. uh Uh, To continue this conversation, we are going to talk about the preseason in a little bit more detail and where we're going to slot them in together, separate, all of that. And we will do that coming up next. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit Fandle.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's Fandle.com slash LockedOn. Take some time to visit Fandle and include money lines, props, etc. around your team. Coming up on our Monday show, we're going to dig into the schedule a little bit and talk about the big games that the Flyers will have this season. Plus, we'll have our nemesis of the week. All right. So looking at the preseason schedule for the Flyers, it kicks off um, Monday, September 25th on the road. Uh, The way that the Flyers preseason schedule is, it's three road games and then three home games in a row. And so, you know, if you're talking about just playing them at home, that's going to make it a little difficult to get them up to speed. So I'm 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 still going to do it. 
Really? Yeah, I don't trust it on the road because on the road, you know, not only is there travel, but you don't have the last change. Um, yeah, I'm only playing them at home. Doesn't matter. Interesting. So you don't put either one of them in until Saturday, September 30th. Yep. Against the Devils. All right. I think, you know, I think they're going to put them in earlier. I do agree yeah, with your will. point that you either have to limit their minutes or, you know, over the course of the game. Uh, starting off um, or, you know, just sit them for the whole third period, even in, you know, the first game they're in for each of them. Um, I do think they're going to separate their starts. So Couturier will start in one game and Atkinson will start in another game of those first three games. I'm betting that's what they're going to do because that's what I would do because you only want to have to manage one of their minutes like that pretty carefully. And you're going to have to balance that with wanting to get to see some of the prospects and the younger guys and figure out, you know, who's going to make the lineup and you need kind of more uh, time with those other players. And so kind of staggering the vets, including Katuri and Atkinson makes the most sense. And I'll tell you, I'm okay if they only play in September 30th and October 5th, fine by me. Um, I don't think you need a lot of preseason games, but I think you need a few. And that would be a few. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's good enough. I wouldn't ask him to play games in a row. And I just, you know, I'm wary of how the, especially with Couturier, how the traveling is going to be for him. That that could be an issue. Yeah, I think that's why you put Couturier in on uh, September 27th against the Islanders at UBS Arena. It's a different kind of travel. It's closer. Then you put Atkinson in against the Bruins up at TD Garden. Um, and then kind of go from there. I, I, at least that's what I would predict they would do if I were, if I were them. Um, I'm not, you know, saying that you're wrong in what oh, you're, you're we suggesting. Don't we don't know, but I think that's kind of what I would do. And then sort of, you know, as you get closer to that last preseason game on October 5th, that's at home, then maybe you put both of them of them in in that last preseason game, assuming everything is going swimmingly with them, right? Yeah. I mean, again, the reason I don't have a problem not putting them in those first few is, uh, first off, you know, we're getting them through camp. They can practice with the team. Uh, at that point, at least Cam Atkinson will have lasted longer than last preseason. I'm not making it light of it. I'm just saying that would be a fact. Uh, and then I also could see how they are after traveling. I could see, yeah. like, you know, if they don't play in that first game, they traveled, they practiced. Well, how do you feel for the next one? You know, do you feel stiff? How do you feel? Because travel does matter. And so, like, you know, I'm just thinking about those things. Yeah, absolutely. And so then my next thought goes to, are there specific line mates you would put with them that maybe you wouldn't necessarily put them with during the season, but you just want to have the right kind of support for them out there on the ice? I don't really have an, an idea. I don't think it matters that much which line mates they have I, i'm okay with whoever they put obviously they're not going to put them on a the fourth line so we'll eliminate that right. anybody in their top six is fine by me to have them in there with uh you know again if you want to say don't put them with the fastest guys for their first game back okay i'm with you on that um beyond that i don't really have any you know other restrictions or thoughts about it yeah, I'm wondering if, at least for Sean Couture's first game back, if they put him on a line with somebody who can play center 
just so that they have face-off experience and maybe just have Couturier skate and have somebody else like a Scott Lawton take the face-offs or something. That That's just one thought I had about him. But I, I think it's fair about Atkinson. I don't know that it matters as much. Yeah, and I honestly think if you've got Couturier out there, he's going to want to take the draw. It's going to be hard to limit him on that. So I think the only thing you could do is limit his minutes, and I mm-hmm. definitely would do it that. So I, I don't. I think he's going to take all the draws. Yeah, I guess uh, you know from a safety perspective or things I worry about perspective. When you look at opponents in the preseason, you have some guys that are looking to to prove themselves and make a case for themselves. And so I just worry that, you know, some borderline player is going to throw a big hit on one of these guys. I mean, that's always a risk, but that's another reason I want them just playing at home so I can control and mitigate that risk. Because if I get a feel that something's happening before the game, uh, you know, I control the lines so I can get them off the ice quick. I can do all those other things quick and not have mm-hmm. that happen. I could try and limit that. Yeah, the other thing I think about is not just the preseason, but going into the regular season. Um, Like I said, one of the things we talked about is having sort of a starting off point of Couturier on the second line and Atkinson Mm -hmm. on the third line. I think that still holds, even if things are in great shape at the end of the preseason for both of them, right? Yeah, I still would do that. I mean, again, I don't want them to be at that peak matchup right out of the gate. I would like them to work up to it. So I have no problem. Uh, with doing that, it's not like if they lose a couple of games as a result, it's going to kill their season. It's not. The The, the big thing is you got to get these guys through the season healthy so they can keep playing in the future. So I just feel like, yeah, why would you put them like right in the meat grinder right out of the gate? Yeah, and I'm almost thinking like 15 minutes sounds about right to start them off with. Yeah, for the first even, few games. even maybe a few less, like 12, 13. Um, you know, that's that's how I would start. If they do well with that, maybe they work up to 15. Nowhere near 20. I wouldn't even bother. No, no. That's like a maybe six to eight weeks into the season. If everything right. is going well, then you just slowly yeah. increase their minutes and maybe ro- then you start rotating them up. Um, you know, it is interesting. Uh, in our next show, we're going to talk about the schedule, like I mentioned, and thinking about who we're playing at that time. Uh, will definitely factor into it as well. But yeah, I think that, you know, assuming there is a clear plan in place for these guys, uh, they could be in really good shape and be a a really good benefit to the Flyers this season. Yeah, there's no question if these guys get through a whole season, they're a better team. So that's the goal. So do you need them there at the beginning or do you, you know, you want them there uh, in the middle and the end? And that's sort of how I want it. I'm okay if it starts off slow for these guys. doesn't bother me. Yeah, same. And I do think that it's important to have them around in terms of mentoring and yeah. and being being a key part of this rebuild and, and kind of shaping, again, the team culture that has been emphasized, right? I think both of these guys could contribute to that a lot. And, you know, you have to be fair. You want to maximize the trade value for Cam Atkinson because it's inevitable. Well, there is that. <laughs> I guess, but, um, you know, just want to think about what they could do for the team and and for the guys around them this Well, that'll help the team too, Rachel. You got to look at the whole picture. That is true. That is very, very true. All right. Well, I think, you know, seems like we have a good plan in place to get these guys back into the lineup and, and be a good part of the Flyers this upcoming season. 
Uh, in the meantime, we had our weekly poll about the Jones and Breer administration. We're going to talk about the results of that coming up next. Russ, this was another one of the polls that was really uh, interesting to me in terms of what our listeners out there uh, would say, because I think there's an argument to be made for almost all of them here, yeah. uh, really. So we asked uh, y'all out there, what is the most important accomplishment Keith Jones and Danny Breer have made in their first 100 days uh, with this new Flyers administration? We said, if you have something different to add that into the comments. We didn't really get any other suggestions here, but I think the the results kind of speak for themselves. Uh, drafting Matt V. Mitchkoff uh, was the winner by a wide margin, 72%. Yeah, yeah no surprise there. Yeah, I think it, it is interesting because some of the points that were made by people who selected other things uh, spoke to the fact that they thought drafting Mitchkoff was kind of like a no-brainer. And so while it's important in the grand scheme of things, the most important thing was like other things they did that were maybe like took more of an effort or was more of a, of a differentiation from the past. And so that's why I see like, you know, the Ivan Provorov trade was in second place with 16%. And then that opening presser and setting the tone was in third with 10%. And I think, you know, those people who selected that had a fair point. There were a couple of comments about that saying like, if you don't set that tone like that, none of these other things happen. And so that's why it was the most important move. Yeah, it was very important. Um, I can't say that the Mitch Cobb thing's a no brainer because teams passed on them. So, you know, you can't call it a no brainer because of that. I get it after the fact you feel like it's a no brainer, but at the time it clearly wasn't the case or other teams would have drafted them. Yeah, I think, maybe, you know, saying that things are changing and, and setting that tone and saying, you know, we're going to try new things and we're going to be aggressive mm -hmm. and we're going to, we have this rebuild saying versus doing are two different things. And I think yeah. that the Mitchkoff pick was like, was a show it, don't say it yes. kind of move. And so I think, I think people appreciate that a lot. They did. They did appreciate that a lot. I mean, I watched their table the whole time because I was close by with Sirius and, I uh, wanted to see, see how they were working, see how the reaction was. And, you know, they made that pick pretty quickly. So I, I you know, I knew that they were going to do it. And I was like, okay, there's some change going on here now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, player development and other hockey ops hires uh, came in with 2% of the vote here, which I, I can see that in the first 100 days. I don't know that the impact has been felt yet because all we've really had is de one development camp right. to kind of show what those guys are doing. But I think like two to three years down the line, that's where we might see the impact of the changes in that department, whether or not they were successful moves. And so it's going to take a while to really consider that. Uh, free agency and RFA signings got zero votes, which I think says a lot, but also it's probably a good thing in the first year of a rebuild, right? Yeah, I think that is a good thing. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a good thing. I will tell you that, you know, if I'm the Flyers, though, with these guys that are coming in voluntarily, voluntarily and practicing, uh, if they're looking particularly good or whatever, take videos, put them online, show the fans. I mean, you know, especially younger players. I would be doing that. Uh, just so you could start pushing that point because if they're there, uh, you could you could show the video. It's not like fans are going to be down there watching them, but I would do it. 
Yeah, I, th I think that would be a, a good thing as well. And just get kind of a sneak peek a little bit at off-season training um, and, you know, what players do kind of on their own time and how the, the Flyers can support that if they choose to stay in town. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to necessarily talk to them, but just show some video clips. I think people would really like it. I think so, too. Uh, but yeah, another interesting poll result from y'all. Love this. Been loving it all summer. And we'll have another question for you on Monday's show. Uh, Want to wrap the week up with a Flyers fun thing. And we've talked over the last you know, month or, or so about the Beauty League and summer hockey options. And Beauty League had their championship game this week and uh, the teams that had the Cates brothers and the Brodzinski brothers both lost in the semifinals. Um, all of them had goals though in those semifinal games that were a lot of fun. So Ryan Paling was the lone Flyers player standing in the final, um, which is the John Scott Cup, which I love. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fun. The John Scott Cup and uh, his team lost in the final, but um, he did get a goal in the game. Although I think it was taken back because of offsides, but it doesn't matter because it's the beauty yeah. league. And um, it was a real nice one. And uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. He he went end to end on it. That's uh, yeah, good. I mean, this is really you know showing us that you know there's a measure of health there right now, and and his speed is there. And I think that's a positive going into the season because he could, you know, be an impact guy on the fourth line. Yeah, I think he's he's one of the guys that has the uh, big potential to surprise us and and yeah. make a, a big impact on this team. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. And and as we've talked about, he has a lot to prove, uh, mm -hmm. just contract wise and for his reputation around the league yeah. in turn just in terms of being able to sustain a full season and be successful so uh, i'm absolutely looking forward to to what he does as a philadelphia flyer uh, that will do it for today's show thank you so much for listening and like i said on monday's show we will have a new summer poll topic we'll have our nemesis of the week as we do each and every monday Plus, we are going to dig into the schedule and look at key moments over the course of the season for all of us to look forward to. And we will have a mailbag next week as well. So send in your questions via the app formerly known as Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great weekend, everyone.